0: We'll try to seek the Lord tonight we'll go to Revelation chapter number 4, Revelation chapter number 4, the book of the Revelation chapter number 4, that's where we'll find our text this evening and uh, we'll strive to seek the Lord's will and we'll try to be fast and and um, but I, I want to give you what the Lord has given me and We'll go from there. Revelation chapter number 4, we'll read one verse. One verse is all we're going to read as we're covering the book of Revelation. This will be our 11th message in the book of the Revelation and in our series entitled The Revelation. Um, What a blessed time it's been this far as the Lord has really moved and helped us and, and the church age has now ended and in the last chapter we saw that there was a door shut to the Lord. From the church of the Laodiceans. The church of the Laodiceans had a door shut. The Lord uh, uh, was knocking on that door in verse 20. Uh, And if any man would hear that door, I mean hear that voice and open the door, um, he'll come in with them. And we know that's a call of salvation. Um, But here we see a different door. And so let's jump into the text this evening chapter 4. Verse number 1, the Bible says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven. The first voice oh, which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I'll show thee the things which must be hereafter. Lord, we thank you for another time. Give us what we need tonight. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So now in chapter 4, we see another door. This door, like the other door, also only has one side to it, and the handle's only on one end. It's only on the inside, and um, that is the inside of the door. And only this time, the Lord had to open the door. And uh, if the door isn't, uh, if, if if the door in chapter three, in verse number twenty, isn't opened by you. Uh, in chapter 4 and verse 1, the door there will not be opened by Christ for you. And so that's the case, and that's kind of how it's going here. But one thing I believe we've learned thus far is that door is open is about to be opened. I believe this door in our text is fixing to be opened. I believe it's an open door, if you will. Uh, getting my mind, I believe it's an open door, but for who whosoever will right now but but we understand that this door is not necessarily open, speaking of prophetically of what is taking place, and so this door here though these are very this is a very prominent verse for the child of God, and as we'll see um in this verse what the future holds and and from here on out we'll see. Future tense, things that are hereafter, the things that are going to be. And I I tell you, this verse is special. And if if you mess this one verse up, you'll mess the rest of it up. This one verse, if this one verse is messed up in timing, you'll mess up the entire rest of the book of Revelation. If you mess this one verse up. That's why I chose to preach on one verse. One verse, we can preach the whole rest of the chapter next week, uh, or this week coming on Wednesday, but, but uh, and it's only a short 11 verses, but this one verse is a pendulum of the rest of the whole entire book of the book of Revelation. It's very prominent. It's a very special verse, but I believe this wholeheartedly that this verse is the rapture of the church. And so that's what I'm going to preach on tonight. I'm going to preach on the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church. In chapters 1 through chapter number 3 of the book of Revelation, references to the church show up 16 times. 16 times. From chapter 6 on to chapter number uh, 19 through chapter 18, the church is not mentioned one time. It's mentioned zero times. The church is not mentioned. We cannot put the church in, in the tribulation because simply it goes to, according to Revelation, it goes to Israel. The judgment of God upon Israel. Is what it goes to. So we cannot, and a lot of people who deal with that have to go into replacement theology to figure all that out. Everybody with me, right? They're replacing the church, Israel, with the church. It doesn't mention the church one time. In chapter 6 through chapter number 18. Why is that? Because she's taken out. She's taken out. Notice with me tonight, and if you have any questions, we're going to open up the floor after. So please write your questions down, and it encourages me if you have questions. Notice with me tonight, I want you to notice the number one, the intention needed in this verse. After this I looked, and behold, a door was open. So this verse needs special intention in order to understand what is actually taking place in this verse. If you want to understand what's taking place on this verse you cannot just read through this verse and gaze over and then understand it it's just not going to take place so we see firstly there is a sudden shift in this verse this verse begins with after this I looked it ends with I will show thee the things which must be here after is that right So it begins with after this and it ends with hereafter. And in the Greek text, these words are the exact same word. They're the exact same word. Both of these English expressions in the Greek translate to the word metatonta. Metatonta. And that might not mean much to you, but if we look back in Revelation chapter 1 in verse number 19, we can also see in that verse, write the things which thou hast seen. Things which are, things which shall be hereafter. John is beginning to write the hereafter. Pretty simple, right? We find the exact same phrase there. In that verse, John is commanded to write the things which thou hast seen the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. And so if it puts these two verses together telling us very clearly that there is a sudden shift that is taking place. The sudden shift that is taking place is now this is all the rest is hereafter. Right? So there is the things which were, the thing which are. That's chapter 1. Things which will be, the things which, uh, or the things which are, excuse me, the things which thou hast seen. Uh, in chapter number 1, the things which are. In chapter 2, and chapter 3, uh, and now in chapter 4 through chapter 22, the hereafter begins. It's going to be some deep stuff here soon. Once we get past chapter number 6, it's going to be some deep stuff deep stuff so it puts these verses together it shows us there's a clear shift here there's a shift from R to hereafter the verse is pretty clear and this verse is truly an important verse as John has been told of things that will come that will come to pass we must get this verse right to get the rest right if we're going to understand that, we must understand that the shift takes place here That's that's what I'm trying to get out. I could have said that a long time. That's what I'm trying to say. Because if the shift takes place later, it puts everything out of order. The shift took place here. And John's beginning to write down the things which are hereafter. There's a sudden shift. Notice there's a symbolic sight. As we see in our text, just John is here. After this, I looked. Behold, a door was opened in heaven. So, So John is here. No one else is here. No one else is standing here in front of the throne of God. But John is. John is ushered into the throne room of God, literally. Just imagine that in your mind. You'll, have, you'll experience it someday if you're saved. So we must understand this. I believe John here is the whole representation of the church. He's the representative. He's the one who's representing the church. Taking their journey heaven this is what's going to happen and this is prominent this is so mind blowing and thinking about and this is how you can work your Bible out and this is how you can understand scriptures is that John is a representation of you the church so what's happening to John is what's going to happen to you so John is ushered into heaven he's ushered into the very throne room of God now think about that. You can see that on a little farther. Behold a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. He's in the throne room of God. You know who sits on that throne? Jesus. Jesus sits on It gives us a picture of what will take place to the church at the rapture. What will take place. Now I'm sure you know about the rapture. Right? However it's a, it's a grand and glorious day. The rapture is simply a few things. I mean, I'd like to hit on them real quick. The rapture is a few things, and we know the rapture to be uh, the ushering out of the bride of Christ. We understand that, and we, we understand that that's what's going to take place in First Thessalonians chapter. We'll be here a few times tonight. Chapter 4, verse 16, For the Lord Himself shall descend... From heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together to meet them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. And so there is the bride of Christ is ushered out by the Lord himself. Praise the Lord. That ought to make backslidden Baptists excited. Amen, it ought to. And the bride of Christ will be ushered out. Uh, and then also we can see the Spirit of God which draws us to repentance will be taken out. Now hang tight. Chapter 2 of the Second Thessalonians. Verse number 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitting, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember you mean ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doeth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So it tells us there that there is going to be something. There's something. We understand that withholdeth and that word letteth. We've went through this in the Greek terms the word "kacho," and that word "kacho" means to snatch out, means to take away, and it's a, it's something it's something that's detaining, it's something that's retaining, it's something that's holding back the Antichrist for revealing himself. It's the Spirit of God. That Spirit of God will be then pulled out, and then he shall be revealed the mystery of iniquity doeth already work. I believe do you, do you believe that anybody besides God himself knows when Jesus is going to return? Not even the angels in heaven. Not even the devil. Well, if that's the case, I believe that he's raised up an antichrist in every generation. I believe an Antichrist has been raised up in every generation. One that's capable of doing the work of the Antichrist. Just because the devil doesn't know when he's coming. He's got to be prepared. You see what I'm saying? He's got to be prepared because he has no clue. He has no idea. And so there is going to be there's something that's detaining him and holding him back from being completely revealed. Uh, and that is the Holy Spirit. And he will be called out. Uh, he will be pulled out. And so... This wicked world will then be sent into great tribulation. Then. Understand. We're, we're using scripture, okay? Matthew chapter number 24, verse number 21. The Bible says, For then shall be great tribulation, shall, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Never going to be any worse than this. This great tribulation is something that's serious and it's going to take place. And John is a representative. He's a symbol of what will happen to all of us. What a day that's going to be. Amen. He's ushered into the throne, very throne room of God. He's ushered up with a voice that sounded like a trumpet that said, Come up hither. What a better day. Hallelujah, there's no better day. There's intention needed in this verse. If you're going to understand this verse, you need to pay attention to it. Secondly, there's the analysis necessary in this verse. That's pretty much the same gist, but understand that there's something taking place here. You must examine this verse particularly to see what is being said in this verse. This is not a verse to be gazed over. This is not a verse that's just looked at, but there are some profound uh, illustrations that can be taken out of this book uh, and out of this verse. And this book is filled with signs, uh, it's filled with symbols, uh, it's filled with many different things uh, of what is to come. There will be some words that we hear that we might not know what it's talking about. I'll give you a few illustrations just to think of. Jesus here, we understand this one's simple, but Jesus is not called Jesus. He's called the Lamb. He's called the Lion. He's called those things, the Bridegroom. But He's not called Jesus. And see, you see, and you see what I'm saying. That's just an illustration of what. And the the the, the saved or, or the redeemed are not called the redeemed or the saved, but they're called the four and twenty elders. You see, and See where we're going here? They're called the four and twenty elders, and so we. This will help you if you'll listen to me. Yeah? The four and twenty elders, and, and then then the antichrist is not called the antichrist. He's called the son of perdition. Or he's called the beast. Right? So we have to study to understand these. I mean, there's different things. Babylon, Babylon is not referring to a place. But it's referring to a spirituality, apostasy, religiousness. It's it's referred to confusion. Delusion. Different things. You know, second, we have to understand what those words mean is what I'm trying to say. You can look them up all day in the Strong's Concordance, but it's not always right. Let's be real. I mean, the easiest way I know to look at delusion is to think about coffee. It's diluted. Decaf, right? It's diluted. It's something that's diluted. And so the Lord is going to send strong delusion to those, and they will believe a lie so there's different things satan is not referred to just Satan but it's referred to a dragon you see what i'm saying right now there's different types there's different signs there's different symbols in this and it takes very clear analysis it takes a, a you must analyze it You must analyze it. And we can literally go on and on. Symbols do not change what the Lord is saying in the book of Revelation. It just gives us what He uses to show what will come to pass. He just uses things to show us that come to pass. We must analyze carefully. Notice two ways to analyze in this verse. We see here, after this I looked. We must analyze with the eyes. We must analyze with the eyes. If we're going to understand what John is talking about, we must look with our eyes. And John looked and he saw a door open. He saw a door open. It it, it literally means there was, and it literally was open. And we've seen three doors this far in our study. We've seen three doors this far and there will be one more following. So the first door that we saw was in Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 8. Speaking to the church of Philadelphia it speaks of a door of readiness a door of readiness it says the, let me let me just turn let me just turn. Chapter 3, verse 8, the Bible says, I know thy works, behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast little strength, and have kept my word, hath not denied my name. So there is a door open there, and it's a door, what I'm going to call a door of readiness, okay? Uh, the church in Philadelphia had an open door from the Lord. The Lord had opened that door from them, and it was a door to be ready to share the gospel to a lost world. Uh, to the church of Sardis, it was that door. You must open that door. You, when you go through that door, you must share the gospel, to the church of Sardis, the wicked church of Sardis, uh, the church that had compromised uh, the church that had went away from what they believed in, uh, that church and this church of Philadelphia we understand that's the age between 1800 and 1900 uh, and that's the church of the revivals, the Wesley, the Whitfield, the Spurgeon, uh, the the Moody and all of those uh, that would preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ uh, and what it is, it's a door of readiness and they had been given uh, a great opportunity uh, and thank the Lord they walk through that door because you wouldn't have what you have today if they would not have we must be ready to take the opportunity that the Lord gives us it's the door of readiness secondly we see in verse 20 behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door I'll come in to him and we will sup with him and he with me it's the door of reality the door of reality here's the church of the Laodiceans and the Lord invites them to let him in So the Lord's opened a door for the church of Philadelphia and they were invited to go through that door but now there's a door of reality and we have to open that door. And and so so they have to open their heart's door uh, and they have to let him in. Uh, Hey, he's always willing to come in. The spirit in need is willing. The flesh is what's weak. And I tell you is that we must open that door. Reality is all must open this door for Christ to come in. All. Then in John, I mean Revelation four and verse one, after this I looked and behold, a door was open. We're gonna call this a door of rapture. The door of rapture. And this door is the Lord, by the way. John chapter 10 verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. He said, I am the door. Why why did he say that? Uh, And why did John, why is John the only one that's inspired to write that down? Uh, This is why. John saw that door. uh, And John believed that door. uh, And John laid on that door. uh, And now John is walking through that door. uh, And here John is. uh, And you'll never get to this door without Jesus. Uh, You do not walk up to the gate of heaven uh, and say, Saint Peter, I would like to go through that door. Uh, No, friend. uh, You cannot do anything to let yourself in this door. Uh, The door uh, is for the saved. uh, And that It's the only way you're getting in. Jesus is that door. And friend, I'm telling you, the door is for them. Jesus is the only way to God. And Jesus saith unto Thomas, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you want to get to God, you must go through the door of Jesus Christ. Amen, friend. Whosoever will can go through the door of the rapture if they open the door of reality. It's very important. Amen. If you're lost, wait no longer to go through the door of reality. The door of rapture could take off now. It's the door of rapture. And then we see the last door in John chapter, Revelation. I don't know why I keep saying John. Revelation chapter number 19, uh, verse number 11. The Bible says, and I saw heaven open, behold a white horse, and he that sat upon it was faithful and called faithful and true, and righteousness he doth judge and make war. We're going to call this the door of return. This is not. Uh, this is the second advent of Jesus Christ uh, as he's coming back, and one day heaven will be opened again. But it's not just to let people in. But people are going to be going out. This one's to let people in. But the next door is going to be people going out. And this, this time, it will not be, uh, it will allow Jesus to return to this earth with His church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, he's returning in splendor, he's returning in power, he's returning in glory, and he's returning to stamp out evil and to establish his kingdom upon this earth. He's fixing to make his enemies his footstool. Amen. Amen. To understand these things, you must analyze them with your eyes. Then we see we must analyze not only with our eyes, but with our ears. The first voice which I heard... Was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, "Come up hither." So John saw a door, but then he heard a trumpet. Amen. Heard hey, man, this, this is the language of symbolism. I mean, symbolism. So oh, that's what it is. Uh, and, and imagine a trumpet, trumpet talking with you. A voice that sounds like a trumpet, a trumping is piercing, a trumpet is loud, and a trumpet is, the trumpet is attention grabbing, and that's what it is, friend. And trumpets are very prominent in your Bible. Numbers chapter number 10 the Bible tells the the nation of Israel to use trumpets uh, to blow and to get attention and to use it to make war uh, and do different things and when it was time to break camp and when it was time to move uh, um, and they, as they were traveling through the wilderness time uh, um, they were to use trumpets uh, when it's time to leave that camp and head to the next uh, they were to use a trumpet uh, when it's time uh, to go in uh, and announce sacrifices and sacrifices were about to take place and uh, um, they were going to be sounding uh, the trumpet. Uh, the trumpet blew to announce that sacrifice on feast days. Uh, the trumpet blew to summon the priest to the tabernacle. Uh, the trumpets blew uh, um, were used to sound an alarm uh, at a time of danger uh, and or war. Uh, and it was very, very important to use a trumpet trumpets. Trumpets are heavily used in the New Testament as well. It's not only Old Testament and so it applies to the church particularly in connection with the end time events. Now we can turn back uh, over to the first, uh, let's just turn to 1 Corinthians uh, and see what that has to say. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Uh, Let's see, let's see. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 52. The Bible says in a moment, the twinkling of an eye, the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. Uh, first Thessalonians, uh, the Bible tells us very clearly in chapter number 4 uh, and verse number 16, it says, "Then uh, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So, there's those things. Uh, and this verse shows us that there will be a trumpet that will be sound at the signaling of the rapture. There'll be a trumpet. It also speaks in a trumpet sound in connection with the rapture. At that time, it will be time to break camp and move out. Amen. Amen. Just like Israel. Be time to break camp and move out. We must note this wasn't a trumpet though. Revelation chapter number four, this wasn't a trumpet. But it was a voice as it were of a trumpet. Was a voice. Now notice first Thessalonians chapter number four. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. Right? First Corinthians tells us very clearly, as I just read, over there in First Corinthians 15, verse 52 in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound. So The trumpet will call the living. His shout will call the dead. It's pretty pretty predictable. You say, well, how is that predictable? Well, the trumpet will call. I mean, every time Jesus shouted in the Bible, there was resurrection. We must understand that. Now, every time he shouted uh, in John chapter 11, verse 43, he said, Lazarus, come forth. Guess what? The dead rise. The dead rose. I, Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. Hang tight. Hang tight. Turn with me. Uh, Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter number 26. Let's find, let's find something here. Matthew chapter number 20, um, 27 verse 50. Matthew chapter 27, <coughs> excuse me, verse 50. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost... And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. The earth did quake the rocks rent and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. They appeared unto many. There was dead people walking. There was dead people walking and it all happened because of his... Shout. It says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice. Well, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13 through 18, he will shout at the rapture. Verse 16, we read that. And all the redeemed will hear his voice and rise up out of the grave. Amen, friend. That's amazing to me. When he shouts, I don't know what he's going to say. I don't know if he's going to say, come home. I don't know if he's going to say, come here. Or I don't know if he's going to say, come up hither. But whatever he says, I guarantee they're going to listen. Amen. Amen, friend. I mean, they're going to listen. Just as he, we can look back in Ezekiel chapter number 37. Uh, and he says, uh, he says, with a trumpet. I mean, let me turn there. I don't even know. That's not even my text. And I'm just going to turn there for just a second. Okay. Um uh, Let me just try to turn there. I preached the message out there a long, 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 long time ago. But hang tight for just a second. Let me see if I can even find my spot on this. But we understand what's taking place. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them around about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord. God thou knowest again he said unto me prophesying these bones saying to them O ye dry bones hear the word of the Lord thus saith the Lord God unto these bones behold I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live and I will lay, lay sinews upon you and will bring flesh upon you and cover you with a skin and put breath in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord so I prophesied as I was commanded now as prophesied there was a noise and behold a shaking the bones came together bone to bone when I beheld low the sinews the flesh came upon them the skin covered them above but there was no breath them then said he unto me uh, prophesy unto the wind prophesy son of man say to the wind thus saith the Lord God come from the four winds O brethren breathe up on uh, the uh, slain that they may live so understand what I'm trying to get you here is that he has said to them in a loud voice yeah. hear the word of the Lord yeah. and one day anybody will hear the Lord of the Lord don't matter if they're dead I promise you can raise them up yeah, He put he put bones on them too he put the sinews back on. He put everything. And, they, and, and scientists say that it takes 50 years for the flesh to rot. No, it's nasty. But it takes 50 years for the flesh and sinews and all that to rot and all those things to rot and decay completely. So these things have been there dead for a while. You know why? He it said it takes, uh, it takes 50 years for bones to become dry. These bones have been there. So my point is, no matter how long they've been in the grave, when Jesus calls, if they're saved, they're going to hear his voice. Amen, friend. They're going to hear his voice. Come up hither and we'll be gone. That's all he's going to say. Amen. Attention needed in this verse, the analysis necessary in this verse. <laughs> Lastly, I want you to notice the affiliation notable in this verse. At the end of the verse, it tells us some things. Thank God there's for blessing blessings. There's always blessings. It seems like the Lord always gives blessings to us. Now, that, that, that come out of the end of this verse. And it says, come up hither and I will show thee the things which must be hereafter. That's where the blessing lies. The things which will be hereafter. Now, I want you to know two things. Number one, there's an amazing rescue that's mentioned. He said things which must be hereafter. Now, future things are mentioned practically. The events... After chapter six will become very horrid. And they'll be hard to preach. They'll be hard to hear. They're gonna be horrid. Especially when we think of our family and the things they're gonna to have to go through if they don't get born again. They'll be horrid and, and and but 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 here's the blessing, and here's the amazing rescue. Is we don't have to go through them. Amen, friend. John is called up before as a pitcher. Of the bride of Christ, the rapture of the church, and will not face the horrors of tribulation. We will be caught up. We'll be caught up. You know the word being snatched away. I mean snatched away, and we don't we don't have to face that. That's an amazing rescue, friend. A snatching away, then a declaration of war. There'll be a declaration of war. There'll be seven bold judgments. There'll be seven. Um, Lord, help me. There'll be seven vile judgments those judgments will come upon Israel and they'll come upon Israel so strong and so harsh because Jesus is judging Israel that's why we got to go back to the book of Daniel and the book of Jeremiah and the book of the book of Isaiah and see those things that's why we got to see those things in those books because it's speaking on Israel it's not speaking on the gentile nation doesn't mean there won't be gentiles saved in the tribulation because i believe there will be but here There's just different things that will take place in that. And I'm going to turn back over for just one moment. And I may read this verse, but I'd like to look at this verse the Lord has just reminded me of just quickly. Um, I'll not read it, but it's very... Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 through 3 kind of hits on this verse right around about... but, But I tell you, it's like... I don't have to face this. Here's some things, okay? Just think with me for just a second. Some people believe that the church will have to withstand the tribulation because of its her impurities. That's what some people believe. Why well, God have talked to people face to face? They believe the church will have to go through the rapture because of her impurities, her uncleanness, her unholiness, to clean them up. That's Israel. Understand, that's Israel. That's not replacing the church with Israel. But you know what I have to say about that? There's nothing that the tribulation can do that the blood of Jesus hasn't already done. There's no reason that the church has to go through the tribulation. There's no reason, nothing, nothing uh, that the blood of Jesus can't do will the tribulation do. Uh, we do not need help. Jesus' blood does not need help by the tribulation. Amen. Yeah, we'll be gone. Here's a few reasons. Be good to note, okay? Here's a few reasons why I believe that we'll be gone. A few reasons, okay? Think about this. We are looking for a blessed hope. We're not looking for a brutal Horror. Okay? We're looking for a blessed hope. We're not looking for the brutal. Horror. It says looking unto Jesus. Uh, looking to the blessed hope. Uh, and let me turn there to uh, Titus, 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 Titus chapter number 2. Uh, uh, Titus chapter number 2 and verse number 13. The Bible says looking for that blessed hope. The glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Why would we be looking for a blessed hope if we're going to go through a tribulation? But we're looking for a blessed hope. We're looking for a blessed hope. That's one reason why I believe we're not going to go. It would be good to know. You're going to have to talk to somebody one day. You need to know some reasons why. Number two, the other reason I don't believe that we're going to go through the tribulation is because Enoch was taken out before the flood. What does the word Enoch mean? What does the word of Methuselah mean? Methuselah means the year he'll die, he'll come. Enoch was taken out before the flood Picturing the rapture of the church, he was taken up in a what? He was called out, snatched out. He wasn't taken out. He was snatched away. Enoch was. Is that right? Elijah, Elijah went out in a chariot of fire. But Enoch walked with God and was not. Genesis 5.21, I believe it is tells us that he was just gone. Hebrews chapter number 11 tells us he was translated. Amen. means he was here, then he was there. Amen. So I believe he was gone because the flood pictures what? Judgment. And tribulation pictures what? Judgment. So I believe Enoch's leaving, and that's one reason why we're going to be leaving before the flood. Hang tight. Another reason. Another reason why I believe is that Noah was saved from the flood. Okay? Lot was saved from destruction before Sodom was judged. Right? So my point is God removes his own before wrath. God removes His own before wrath comes. And so I believe that. doesn't mean we're not going to deal with wrath, uh, um, but there will be a pulling out, a snatching away before there's wrath from God. I believe that. Another reason why I believe is that the order of Revelation is put in order for reason. And I believe that from chapter 6 to chapter 18, there is no church because the church is gone. And that's what I believe. Believe. Why are we not mentioned besides in heaven? That's just chapter 5 and 6. That's because we're in heaven. The 4 and 20 elders are in heaven. They're around the throne of God. And that's where we're going to be. And I believe that is the perfect picture of what we're going to be. There's been an amazing rescue. And that's the only way we can get where we are today. amen. Lastly, there's an awesome rest that's mentioned. Speaking still on the things which will be hereafter. Not only is there going to be a rescue, but praise God, there's also going to be an entrance to rest. 1 Corinthians said, and comfort one another with these words. In chapter 4, verse 17 tells us, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Beloved, when we pass from this world through that open door in the heavens, we're going home. We're headed to that place that Jesus promised to prepare for us. Amen. He says, if I go, I will come again, receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be awesome. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place, we'll join eternity and rest. We'll join with him, and all the saints of old will be there. The martyrs will be there. The preachers will be there. The faithful will be there. It will be glory forever. It will be complete glory forever, friend, and free from sin, free from Satan, free from all the things of the rest of this world. We'll be with Jesus forever hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. what a day that's going to be amen Amen. friend i tell you the truth is tonight the best is yet to come the best is yet to come and we're about to leave this world behind forever and that's the message of this verse and i pray you're ready for the flight pray you're ready just as john was called up if you're saved you will be too and if you're not you'll be left behind if you're saved, bless his name. If you're not, you better get in because soon we'll be going out. And that's the truth tonight. And I'm thankful that the Lord has allowed us to look at this verse because it's very important and it needs to be analyzed because when we jump into chapter number four and see immediately, he was in the Spirit. You know why? Because everybody's in the Spirit in heaven. You can't be out of the Spirit in heaven you know why? You're going to get what God's got. You know what got you're know you going to get what Jesus has got. you know what he's got? Full of the Spirit. Amen. He's full of the Spirit. Yep. Amen. He was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven. And one sat on the throne. Later on, we'll find in the book of Revelation, chapter number 19, that there's one that sits on the throne again. He sits on a white throne. A great white throne. But he's much greater than the throne is. Amen. It's a great white throne. And one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper. And a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne and like unto an emerald. You see, it's going to get deep. It's going to get tough. You can't read that and just look at it. I'm telling you, there's going to have to be an analysis. You must look. You must gaze. You're not just gazing, but you're spending some time in there. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. You know Why? Because he knew how many seats were going to be there. He knew how many seats. He knows how many seats. I believe that, don't you? I believe that he'll know how many seats. We can't limit God. Understand that. But the fact is, he gives every man a free will. We can find that in chapter 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord's not slack concerning his promise, not willing, all men count slackness, but longsuffering to us. For us, we're not willing, any should perish, but all come to repentance. I saw 4 and 20 elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. It's not saying that there's 24 people are going to get saved, by the way. It's just a representation. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. There's five crowns you can get on this earth. Five crowns. Can't remember them all, so don't ask me right now. But I know there's a crown of rejoicing. There's a crown that Paul talks about in 2 Timothy chapter number 4. That is a crown of, I'm, I'm forgetting it. There's a crown, what is it? crown of righteousness there's there's five crowns in scripture that you you can look to and out of the throne proceeding lightnings thunderings and voices there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God remember those seven spirits of God find them in chapter 11 verse 2 of the book of Isaiah seven attributes of the spirits of God around about the throne and before the throne there was a sea of glass like under crystal In the midst of the throne, around about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. It's going to get deep. And the first beast was like a lion. The second beast was like a calf. The third beast had a face as a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. A lot of people say that those are the representation of the different things. The lions over the beast of the field, which is represented in Genesis, the beast of the field... The calf is represented over the meat, if you will, those that, are, that can be eaten and that sort of stuff. Then the man is a representation of all mankind. And then the eagles are the fowl of the air. So you see the representation according to creation back then. So there's representation. I'm not trying to preach this verse to you before, but I'm just getting in your mind. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. Cows don't have wings. Lions don't have wings either. Men don't have wings either, but they do right here just notice, are full of eyes within and they rest not day and night saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty which was is, is to come. They are worshipping the Lamb. They are worshipping the Lamb. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to Him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before Him that sat on the throne and worship Him that liveth forever and ever. And look, notice this, notice this. And cast their crowns Before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. All things work together, all things are for His glory, all things are for the glory of God. Is that not right? I'm forgetting the verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. uh, But all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according. It's for your good and His glory, friend. For your good and His glory. And I'm done tonight. But I'm telling you tonight, here's the truth. Is that we need to realize that this is what's going to take place. In one day. This is going to take place one day. There's nothing we can do to stop it. And it's going to take place in this order. When Jesus calls the saints of God out. It's the rapture of the church. Let's pray. Ask the Lord. If you've got any questions, keep them close to your mind. I'm just going to pray and ask him to cl- uh, close out. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for your goodness, grace, and mercy. Thank you for the service tonight. Thank you for helping us. And we pray, God, you'd give us um, what we stand in need of. Lord, we thank you for Calvary, the blessed hope. Lord, we thank you, God, for one day we'll be going to the rapture of the church. Lord, we'll be thankful for that. We're looking for the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ someday. And all those who look to, for his appearing, Lord, can get the crown of righteousness. We understand that. We pray, God, you'd help us tonight. We love you. Praise you in Jesus' name. Help us. Everybody who has questions, give me wisdom to answer them in Jesus' name. Amen.